On today's episode, listen in as I join three amazing travel advisors who are all at different stages in their business, ask questions about creating a strategy and how to really get their content plan together in a way that makes sense for their business. I hope you love this episode as much as I do. Welcome to the Social Takeoff Podcast, a podcast for travel professionals who are ready to use social media to help their business take off. I'm Kelly Haysmith, your host. I'm travel agent turned social media marketer who now works with multiple seven-figure travel agencies to help them infuse strategy and create a target social plan. I'll be sharing all of the tips and tricks of the trade, as well as content ideas and trends that you should be using to help grow your travel business. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Do I have something exciting for you or what? I am so pumped to tell you that on July 3rd, my very first mini course, Reels Crash Course, is going to launch. And even more exciting than that, the first time it launches, I am going through it live with you. Starting on Monday, July 3rd, I am going to be going through the Reels Crash Course with you on Instagram Close Friends. If you purchase the Reels Crash Course prior to the launch on July 3rd, number one, you're getting a sweet deal on it. And number two, you're going to be added to my Instagram Close Friends so that you get help going through it every single day of the month. You're going to get four weeks of lessons on reels and challenges to help you get posting those reels. Anyone who's an Instagram subscriber is going to get $5 off. You're going to want to be on on that now. I'm telling you, head over to the website, www.kellyhaysmith.com slash reels crash course, or find the link in the show notes. I hope I'll see you there. Hey y'all, and welcome to this episode. It's a roundtable episode, another travel advisor roundtable episode of the Social Takeoff Podcast. I have three amazing travel advisors here with me. And before we jump into the questions, I'm going to have everyone introduce themselves, tell you a little bit about what they do, specialize in, how long they've been doing it, and then it's on. They are going to ask hot seat questions, and we're going to see where it goes. So let's get started. Kim, can you introduce yourself and just tell everybody a little bit about you? Um, my name is Kim Haig. I am a independent contractor for Believe Vacations and I have been there for, oh gosh, almost four years now. So um, mostly do family travel, Disney, um, but lately have been trending more towards some of the more luxury vacations like club level and doing, you know, the higher end Disney cruises and adventure by Disney. So that's been a fun, fun side to explore there. And Kim, you are local park local to to Walt Disney world, right? Yes. I live about an hour and 15 minutes away on the East coast. So kind of near Port Canaveral, near Disney, just Mm -hmm. far enough away that I'm not there every day. So Uh, yes. (laughs) Yes. yes. All right. Stephanie, 
Hi, I'm I'm Steph. Um, social media I go by Glow With Me Magical Adventures. I just recently, a month ago, joined um, an agency called Enchanted Vacation. So I'm an independent contractor with them now, uh, which is super exciting because they are the first in our province in Canada to be earmarked. Um, yeah, so I'm coming from Canada. I do a lot of West Coast, Disneyland, um, Mexico, Disney Wonder, Alaska cruises, just because that's um, the majority of my market is West Coast based, but really trying to focus and get more clients going to Disney World and Disney Cruise Line because those are where my passions lie. Awesome. Awesome. And Daniil? It's uh, Danielle, actually. No, but, I'm um, sorry. I, no, I know. I know. It's weird. That's why. That's why it's um, Dan Dreams of Disney is my social media handle because I know it's just easier. Um, I am a independent contractor with Dream Come True Vacations, which is also an earmarked agency. And I'm actually really new. I started in January and today was my first client that wasn't my mom. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And I um, specialize in Disney destinations and experiences, but also I'm interested in uh, booking sandals and like more um, like adult exclusive vacations. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So we have like all across the board of experience levels. So I think this is going to be some great questions um, and some great conversation. So who wants to start with the first question? Um, I can. Go for um, it. I have a lot. <laughs> um, awesome. Everybody talks about your ideal client, but I'm still kind of in a place where I'm like, well, everyone's my ideal client. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that I need to narrow that down, mm -hmm. but I'm just having a hard time because in my head, I'm, I'm a childless adult. So that's the travel that I'm experienced with. So that was kind of what I was thinking, but then I don't know if that's too narrow, not narrow enough. Like, well, let's let's talk about a couple things. Number okay. one, you do need an ideal client because the first thing is when you talk to everybody, you end up talking to no one. They when you're when you're casting your net so broad, everybody's swimming through all the fish are swimming through the holes on the net, right? Because you're not really every people, especially during this time, they need to feel heard and seen and understood. And it you can't speak to all the people in a very targeted way. But number two, when it comes to your ideal client, part of the problem is, and maybe this is a travel industry thing, there are a lot of people who do what I do. There's not a lot of people who do what I do specifically for the travel industry. Mm -hmm. There's a couple here and there. I honestly don't know whether or not they were travel advisors or not, but I did that job. I did the travel advisor job well and successfully. And then moving into this niche um, and talking about this, it gives me a unique perspective, but in the market that I'm in or in the in the industry that I'm in and having some connections that I do, things we've talked about, other industries look at ideal clients in certain ways. And I'm not going to say whether or not I think they do that right or not, but I think for the travel advisors, it's all wrong. It's all wrong because they're talking about an ideal client in the way that they want you to talk about exact demographics. So um, they want you to like give it a name and what kind of car are they driving and what do they do for a living and what is their budget? And not that their budget's not important. I'll get to that in a minute. But like the truth of the matter is I don't care what their name is and I don't care what kind of car they're driving. I care about what their desires, their priorities, their wants, their needs, their feelings over travel are. When it comes to budget, 
you know, Kim said that she's been diving into some of the luxury con the luxury clientele, but budget and or income, let's say that their yearly income doesn't have a lot to do with their budget. And I know that sounds crazy, but there are some people who make less and are willing to spend more on travel. And there are some people who make more and don't see the purpose in investing big budgets and travel. And so you can't, you don't want to like completely exclude people because you think they don't have the budget or think people don't have the budget and give them the bigger, you know what I mean? The thing. So in my opinion, the ideal client, you need to know, you got to know who you plan travel for, but that can be ideal client can be a lot of things. It can be different types of family dynamics or family structures who are all looking for a similar experience. It can be an I so you could have an ideal client uh, who wants to experience, um, you know, di okay, Disney, whatever, you know, family is a type of ideal, like a family travel is, an, is a type of ideal client, but adventure travel could be and that could be families and couples and singles and multi generational and groups. So you you don't have you don't have to box yourself in with an ideal client. You have to decide what it is that you want to travel, and then you have to understand their pain points. Because the truth of the matter, what kind of car they drive is not going to help you market to them, but what their pain points are will help you market to them. The ne the only other thing I want to say about ideal client is, first off, my story when I left the travel industry and I went in and moved completely into social media management. And I did that at the end of 2020 because what I found for not booking for the year of the pandemic was I didn't miss booking vacations. I'm going to be honest, all you people who have been on that site all day today. So y'all, when we're recording this, it is the day that it's May 31st. So it's the day that Disney dropped 2024. I am not sorry that I have not had to watch Stitch eat the page a thousand times a day. I am not sorry that I have not been staring at Space Mountain and about ready to launch into orbit all day today. Like I am not sorry. I don't miss that part of it. And so when I when I went in, I, I also came from a really rough host agency experience. My host agency did not treat us well. It was a bad experience. And I really thought I'm done with travel. And I, I kept getting travel agents come to me and wanting me to work with them and their social media. And I did. But I also was terrified to put out there that I that I specialize in social media marketing for travel advisors. Want to know why? Because I swore there was not a business for it. I swore there was not enough travel advisors out there for me to create a business just talking to travel agents about their marketing. Guess what? I was wrong. And what we have to remember is not all of my my followers are travel advisors. Most of them are. But Nike always markets to athletes. They market basketball and track stars and people who are running and all of those things. But I am not a track star and I own Nike. So even though I am not their direct market target where they're talking to athletes specifically, we all still buy their product without that. Just like target markets to millennials, um, mostly moms, especially moms, I would say younger generation. That doesn't mean that other people don't shop there. That's just their target market. So when you have your target ideal client and you speak specifically to them, it's not going to keep other people from coming to you. It just means that those are like the overflow or the outliers and you know who you're going to target in the first place. I think that helped a little. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so hard. But what the other part that you need to remember is about ideal client. Well, not the other part. Going back to 
you can decide what your first you need to decide your specialty niche because your specialty niche is i think what you're struggling with more than your ideal client because your ideal client we can talk about their needs and their priorities like what is it they want out of vacation what are the what problems do they have when when um booking or planning a vacation what questions do they have what concerns what worries them those types of things are what we need to do with ideal client that's their feelings their feeling words so your specialty or your niche you know a niche is family travel if you have a lot of experience with adult only travel that doesn't mean that families will not come to you but you can speak a lot to adult only travel but it, again, it can be adventure. It can be whatever it can be, whatever you want it to be. Just be specific on somebody that you're talking to. You don't have to say moms. You don't have to say parents or families or couples. You can speak to the family or the, the, the person, the traveler who wants a specific thing out of a, out of a destination. So don't box yourself into thinking, well, do, I'm struggling with my ideal client because I'm afraid I, I, I'm used to adult only travel, but you're also used to a different kind of travel. Like what, what is it that you love to do? What, what do you love to plan? And you said today was your first day, like first client that wasn't your mom. And I'll be honest, part of that is why you're struggling with it because the more people that come in, the more clearly you'll see the path and see the coincidences but don't discount don't discount what you know um and also don't feel like you're having to push yourself into a box of this is i have to choose families or couples it can be both they have other things in common okay anybody else want to pipe in <laughs> I mean, it took, it took a while to get, I mean, I have a little different of a situation because I live so close to Disney that it was really hard to get anyone beyond your one or two night resort only, you know, stay because everyone had passes. Everyone was just doing it as a staycation. So, I mean, that, that took a long time. I mean, it probably was a good, hmm year I, I i went for a year i was working for a year and then COVID hit and then <laughs> so it, it's honestly probably only been it took two years to get people you know booking that weren't i i guess you could even say we're my ideal client that weren't just locals like us which we still i still book them but they're not necessarily the ones that i'm targeting with my account but they still come to you oh yeah even though yeah yeah so uh, for your target like who you're speaking to i would focus in on their pain points and then you can let an ideal client naturally come so think about think about pain points that people would have overwhelming oh you know the common ones especially when we're talking about disney overwhelm in all of the options the research um the the a lot of FOMO. People are terrified they're going to miss something, especially with a Disney vacation, right? You know, parents have this idea that when they take their kids to Disney, birds should come in the window and dress them in the mornings. It needs to be that perfect and magical. And trying to make that happen is overwhelming and daunting. And a lot of people, it is a, it's a large investment for them to, to have a vacation like this. And so trying to get an, a return on investment really on what, what should I do? So think about the pain points they're having 
speak to that and then your ideal client will probably show up. Okay. I, that, that helped a lot. Actually, I have a better idea of what I'm trying to look for. Just brain dump pain points. I actually was, so this morning before we recorded this, I um, was putting together strategies for my one-on-one -on -one social media management clients. And we are bringing in a new one. And the biggest piece of that strategy as I build it is pain points and what we can speak to. Because most of the content that we develop is wrapped around those pain points and how the service solves the problem. And so understanding what their pain points are, what they struggle with. And here's the other thing, telling them what their pain points are that they don't even know they have. So when you think about, you also have to remember that the people, your ideal client is not going to understand your shop talk and they don't know what they don't know at Disney or at on a cruise or whatever. And it's really easy for us to be like, thinking everybody knows these things. Uh, no, I would never waste a Genie Plus a Lightning Lane on Muppets. Are you kidding me? But not everybody knows that. And their kid's obsessed with Miss Piggy. So they think that they need to spend it. Like they don't know what they don't know. So explaining to them what their, what their possible pain points are that they haven't even recognized that they have a problem with yet. Again, it, it's not a, it's not a demographic type ideal client. It's a feeling concern and a problem based ideal client. Next, anybody got another question? I'm just curious. So I'm kind of a different um, story. So I started last spring and I don't know what happened, but I, my growth was almost instant. Um, and so I know it's, I guess it's May 31st. And this is like, basically I've done one full year and I'm at almost 700 K booked for the year already. So just that is amazing. Yeah. So it's, and I work full time <laughs> as a nurse. So <laughs> it's a little crazy. My husband's amazing and he takes on a lot at the house because I'm doing this more than full time. Um, but it's hard to manage it all. Like I've got a good system with my clients. Uh, the referrals are what keeps them coming, but I really want to start using more marketing to target those more ideal clients. Ideally, I will take on less clients or refer to other agents, those kind of smaller, more Disneyland ones, because the truth is Disneyland is good neighbor hotels and it doesn't, you know, okay. it's a lot of work and I don't get much back for it. So ideally I'd like to start marketing to more deluxe, um, but I don't have time because I have 30 or 40 groups traveling a month and endless quote requests and i already have outsourced most of my quoting but i still can't keep keep up that's a great problem to have yeah. of course um and the the problem then becomes actually you know if you're outsourcing if you've outsourced all that you can outsource you know the only you're gonna have to get rid of something to make time for what you want to make time for and there, there's just no other way to, to do that. Um, and, you know, I don't, when it comes to marketing, we can talk about like the ways to, to create social media content. How, so referrals is where most of your business is built. Yeah. Yeah. It's heavy, heavy referrals. And on my questionnaire that I send to new clients, I specifically ask how they heard about me. And it's always through referrals or Facebook groups like mom groups. Yeah. So, um, well, when you're building a recurrent business model, my children are fighting down there. 
Um, when you build a recurrent business model, re referrals is going to be the number one source of leads and that's what it should be. So referrals and repeat business um, are how you build a recurrent business model. And then what we use social media for is to close the gap. So your, your referrals are going to go look you up on social media. I promise you, they're going to go see what you look like on social media. They're going to make sure that it looks like legit and like they want to work with you and like you can string together a sentence and stuff like that to make sure that they close that gap. So even for referrals, your social media content is extremely important. Um, but if you're wanting to move more towards what well, it's just a circus here today, if you're wanting to move more towards that Walt Disney World content, that higher deluxe, even if it's a Disneyland vacation, um, getting, you know, having a budget minimum of I won't, I, you know, I, I work with $6,500 and above vacations. I work with $7,500 and above vacations. I work with five, whatever that looks like for you. And then have other agents that you can refer to so that if you have plenty of quote requests and those things are coming in, you can take less on and make no less. Um, and then also it may look like working together and say, if I'm filtering leads, we should be splitting commission. Yeah. And that's what I've done for a few, but then I get nervous. Every person that I pass on, I don't, I lose out on potential referrals from them. So yeah. then, then I start to think, okay, I need to take back. I can't give any of my clients away. I need to keep them all because I don't know what potential I'm turning down. So it's like this cycle. Yes. So you have two choices. You can bring in more help or you can offload more things because yeah. you can't make more time for yourself. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that you could build a team if you wanted more people, you know, you said you're off, you've, you've um, off boarded like quoting and things like that, you know, VAs, people like that could help you and you can do only the things that you can do. And then bringing in somebody to help with your social media marketing if you are, if 40 people are traveling a month, something in that, in that field, even if it's just something small and saying, here's what you need to post, go do it. And then you spend a couple hours a month doing your social media rather than 10 hours a month or 20 hours a month doing social media. So where you, you know, you, unfortunately you, you have to choose one or the other because you can't make more time. So it's either get more help or offload more things. And, um, or have you thought about going full time? Um, I mean, I don't want to give up nursing because it's a good career and it has good pay and, and benefits. And I have a yeah. lot of vacation time um, and I'm a shift worker. So I do get, you know, six days off in a row here and there. So it's not really an option. We thought about maybe my husband going down to part time at his job to help out, but he's thought about it and he's not interested. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's I, I mean, I, was, I, I left I left um, the hospital. Okay. To do so I, do I just didn't go back after maternity leave when be, when my youngest was born. Um, but yeah, so I mean, and I, I totally respect that. Like, I get it. I did not want to go back to the hospital. Like, for love, more money. I almost think I would rather work at Target than the hospital. Yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, well, if that's not the option, then I would look at like VAs and social media help or going ahead and saying, okay, we'll split commission and I will leave that there or just let them do, handle some of the process, but they remain your client even. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, because I would like to have more time to dedicate to adjusting my marketing to start to appeal to that higher end client. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, 
there's a lot of ways to to have someone come in in different places in your business. I mean, you do you have a VA that's doing your quoting and stuff now? Is that I just have other colleagues um, that I'll pass on like selective quotes to them that I don't mind doing a commission split on because I know it's either I'm so swamped that I just simply can't get to quotes within a reasonable time or it's a smaller one and I just don't necessarily care about the full commission on it. So, I, well, and the other thing that I'm thinking is like, I mean, a VA may actually be a, a, a really, a, a real option for you where they could literally go in and do the quote process for you. You meet with the client, you tell them what you're looking for, they quote it, build it, and you send it out. I mean, doing all of the things. So a VA, a VA might help that as well to get some of that off your plate. Um, and then, like I said, there's different, there's different avenues with social media marketing that you can, you can talk to someone about. I mean, there's somewhat, there's some that will, you know, handle all of your social media. There's some that will build your calendar for you and then you create it. There's, there's all kinds of different options to go there, but I would definitely look at help. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you're going to get around it either that or say, or start saying like, I'm only taking 20 clients a month instead of 40 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And setting that minimum spend. Yeah. Yeah. If you were getting 40 trips a month, I would 100% have a, a minimum, like a minimum spend or a planning fee with a minimum spend. Yeah. That's the other thing I thought about because I've kind of built myself up in the community to a point where people really want to work with me. And so I'm at the point where, okay, well, if you want to work with me, will you pay a planning fee? And then I take less. The good thing about a planning fee is you can waive it if you want to. So if the client comes in and they've got a $13,000 budget, then you can waive your planning fee if you want to. But if they've got a $3,000 budget, then it is what it is. And so you get to be at the at the helm of that so you can decide how your business is going to run and look at it. So that's that's a good positive yep. there. Thank but you. as you get started, yeah, as you get started changing over that marketing, the pain points, just as we were talking about ideal client, the pain points for a high, higher level luxury client are different than the pain points of they're similar, but it tends to be more things like they want the level of service. They want it done. They they want a more specific amenity on their itinerary rather than, you know, the different the different things. And they really just want to be taken care of mm -hmm. um, and, and talking in that way. And so really, it's just going to be a language thing that you that you change over and how you're speaking to them and what problems you are speaking about and how you solve those. OK, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Anybody else got another question? This is kind not shifting gears too much, but so I, I feel comfortable with my personal social media. And obviously I've, I've, I have outsourced many things. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, but I am taking on our agencies. And yes. so I, I've talked about this a little bit with you, but just how do you shift that speak and, you know, who, how you just addressing, you might have the same exact message, but just wording it differently, you know? Yeah. So you, one of the things that we try to remind social media management clients when it's a business, your big business, like when you have a face, when it's you, you are the whole business. 
your engagement, your connection is going to be higher than when things are behind a logo. And that's because you are building a personal one-on-one -on -one connection. Mm -hmm. So the goal with an agency is to infuse the life's blood of the agency, which are the agents into the content so that they can try to gain some connection to that as well. Um, so I think one of the very first things that I would, would do is make sure that you're speaking to and about your agents on a regular basis, whether that comes from highlighting them from like sales basis, like the people who have had this amount of sales this month are going to be the ones that are highlighted next month, or it's who's traveling and they are going to be highlight whatever that looks like, but utilizing the agents to put the face to the brand mm -hmm. um, is a big piece of that. And then the agency isn't going to have quite as clear of an ideal client because you're going to have agents who do all different things. And so you want to make sure that you, that the agency has a clear goal and path. Um, so this week I did strategy calls with my social media management clients and we have one, I have one in particular client who has very, very, very clear goals till the end of the year. Very, very clear but she has some agents who do other things. That's great. They can do that on their page. But if, if you are working for something very specific on the agency, then that's what we're going to talk about over and over and over again. And so I would definitely look at the numbers from your agency. What are their goals? Like, okay, if they're uh, earmarked, how are, what are our numbers looking like? Like, are we good where we need to be before September 30th? Right? Like, mm -hmm. are we where we need to be before you preferred? Are we trying to up level that if we're sandals preferred? Are we trying to up? So understanding where our numbers are and moving up. And then when it comes to an agency, you can also look at things like booking windows. So BDMs can actually give you averages for things like, so at Universal, you can get averages for like your booking window, your length of stay, and seeing that in comparison to the average of um, what they are doing. So like right now, I know for a fact that Universal's average booking window is 88 days. But what is your agency's average booking window? That's gonna tell you when to push Universal content. So if, they're, if your booking window is in that 80 day range, you're gonna push 100 days out no more. So that means you're looking at fall break, not Christmas, not 2024. Very few people are booking universal for 2024 right now. They're booking 80 some days out. So we want to talk about hundred days in the future, not 2024. Disney's very different, but you can mm -hmm. ask the BDM what your percentages are, what's your average booking window. And that will tell you what you need to be talking about. The other things that you can get from your BDMs are numbers like you know, what is our percentage of value, moderate and deluxe? And where are we wanting to go? What are our goals for that? So what do we need to be pushing up? If we've got people who we've booked more value, we would like to have moderate and deluxe. Let's talk about the differences in value and moderate and how minimal the pricing is different. And so we need to look at our goals like and, and agents. ICs can do this as well because, you know, your numbers, like if you mm -hmm. see yourself Right. And that Stephanie, I would I would say this would work for you as well. If you are doing these good neighbor hotels and that's something that's taking up your time and you would like to up it to the next thing, create content about why you should stay on property at Disneyland. What difference is it going to make? Why is a good neighbor hotel not your best option? And, and talk, speak to those factors because that's going to close that gap. So 
your even if your social media is not your number one driver of leads the people who are warming up to be clients of yours are watching what you're doing and they may even go there and start binging content that you've created and it's going to help you close that gap so use your marketing as outreach but also use your marketing to help up level your bottom line even for clients who are already like who are already booked yeah that's amazing advice thank you mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> kim does that help you with some of your agency content yeah it really does um and you know it's always cool <clears throat> to get here's the other thing is the agency hiring if so they have two con they have two ideal clients they have the ideal client of the ic <coughs> sorry y'all they have the ideal client of the ic they want to hire and the ideal client of the traveler for the agency and so if they are hiring you want to make sure that you are also creating content that speaks to the agency, what it looks like to be a travel advisor, all of those things and mix those two, those two ideal clients in. So there's such a different realm for ideal clients when it comes to that agency versus the IC. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm noticing that mm -hmm. <laughs> it's been a big adjustment. Like just one, right when you think you got one thing dialed in and then you're thrown the, let's do this too. <laughs> right, right. And see, that's where you got to make sure that you narrow in and really focus on those business goals because really and truly your content strategy for the first three pieces, so there's four pieces to your content strategy, your specialty and niche, your UVP or your unique value proposition, which is your service, your ideal client and your business goals. And the only one that should change month over month is going to be the business goal piece. And it's not always going to change. I mean, your quarterly goals, your yearly goals might be the same, but you have to take a look at where you're at with those goals and see, okay, what do I need to do this month to get me where I needed to be there? And then you can use those goals to say, this is the content I need to create going forward. And um, so it's, it's, it's similar. It's just a little bit different. And, and the agency is going to have a lot different goals than an IC is too, you know? So it's just, but it's the formula is the same. It's just the content types that are going to differ. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Next question. I like this. Um, as far as getting people like to your page in the first place, mm -hmm. um, I know that hashtags aren't really necessarily what we're doing anymore. Um, I know that keywords are more of a thing. But my question is, is like you mentioned, I think it was on the last last podcast or a couple of podcasts back, um, going to pages and answering people's questions. Yep. Um, my question, I guess, is, is once like I know who I'm targeting, is it appropriate to like basically cold call them on Instagram, like just like find their page and like interact with their content or is that like pushing like a like a door-to-door -door man salesman kind of thing so i think that first off when it comes to getting people on your page when it comes to social media growth in general and i'm talking about follower follower count reach and engagement all of the all of the key algorithm metrics which are engagement reach and follows engagement is the key to that 100 percent now you can have a real go viral i know kim's dealing with a reel that went viral yesterday 
and then went bananas. And I had a real go viral in February that still pulls in people. It goes in cycles. That's going to happen. That's I'm not talking about like the random reel that goes viral, which is an outlier. And to be completely honest, any social media manager that tells you they have the formula for something going viral is BS. Like that is not true. It happens. There's not normally something you can put your, your finger on. So I want you to take that piece out of it. Now, our ha hashtag strategy is still a thing. Yes, you don't need 30 hashtags anymore. You need five to nine per post and you need to change them up. They don't, you don't want to do the exact same thing every single time. Okay. That's important. Reels are still going to be king of reach. When you post video content is still going to reach further than anything else, but your photo content is getting better and better and better. Instagram is reprioritizing that and that's getting there. But when I, when we are talking about engagement and getting people to your page, more so than getting random followers, which is what happens when a reel goes viral. And it's some of them are going to be your ideal client, but a lot of them probably are not going to be your ideal client. When we're talking about actual targeted people, engagement strategies are the way that brings that about. And so our engagement strategy does not need to be crazy. It 15 minutes a day, five days a week is plenty to do that. You don't want to double tap on everything. That is, that's not, most people don't even look who liked posts, right? They don't pay attention to that. You want to comment on your followers' content. So people who are following you that are your ideal clients, you want to comment on their stuff. And I mean, actually, if they are an ideal client, you can absolutely follow them back. I mean, following, commenting with things that are going to promote a conversation. So not just like, hey, girl, that looks fun. I want you to ask them a question. I want you to try to start a conversation. So, you know, if they post their kids last school, the last day of school picture, I want you to put something to the extent of um, what was their favorite thing they did all year long at school? Create a conversation. Does that have anything to do with travel? No, it's building connection, right? It's building connection. Same thing on their stories. Reply to them. You can go find random hashtags that you think your ideal clients would follow to comment on random people's things. That is not sleazy if you are not hey girling them. Don't get in somebody's DMs and be like, hey girl, I could plan you a trip. That's sleazy. Nobody wants that. But you can absolutely start conversations. Go at it from the perspective of I'm building a community rather than I'm getting bookings. And it's going to create brand loyalty to you and create that. And so sometimes it takes engagement in social media is a long game. Do not expect that you're going to start on social media. And in two months, you're going to be just completely slammed. That's not the way social media works. Social media is the long game. And actually, when we look at numbers, we look at normally we see six to eight months of consistent posting starts to bring a difference. Two to three months of an engagement strategy starts to bring a difference. When they're all done at the same time, we can cut that time in half and normally see three months to make a difference between content and engagement. But if you do it content, then engagement, it takes almost a full year to really start seeing a difference. So then, yes, going and finding those social media, those sites. So all y'all here are Disney. Disney parks there are hundreds of people every day ask questions on their posts hundreds they don't ever answer 
somebody could answer. Um, somebody could answer for them or to them, and maybe that's going to pull somebody to you. But you go there for the purpose of providing insight, information, and becoming an authority, not with the intention of that's going to be a booking. And if you do that consecutively and consistently, it will come. Um, and so like Royal Caribbean, Sandals, um, Disney, Universal, all of those big suppliers, there's people asking questions on those posts and they're not getting any responses. But you can also look at who follows them. Who's following them? Those might be ideal clients. So if you like you want to book more sandals, go see who's following sandals. Go to their page and kind of see if it's going to be an ideal client. And that's just cultivate community with them. And it, again, 15 minutes a day. This is, You do not have to do this an hours and hours a day. <clears throat> Anybody else? I, yeah. Um, sorry. I do try to do the engagement thing. I think some of my issue is, is what I'm posting right now is attracting a lot of other, like, already kind of Disney people and Disney yep. agents, obviously, and Disney creators. And that's great because then I do kind of like I get engagement from that and I do get other people seeing my posts, but it's the majority is other. And you're going to have that. Okay. It is going to be that way. Um, but that's not who you, I don't, don't go seek them out. Don't stop them from following you or engaging with you. But that's not who you're going to go seek out. It's also not who I want you spending 15 minutes a day commenting on their stuff because that's not going to help you. That's not an ideal client. Same reason that I tell people don't use hashtag travel advisor because you know who uses hashtag travel advisor? Travel advisors. I use hashtag travel advisors because that's who I'm trying to pull in. But that's not your ideal client. It's the same exact thing when we're talking about how you speak to them. You're not speaking to other travel advisors. I had a client, a, a past client one time tell me, that one of their agents said, well, her stuff's just not like it doesn't catch my eye. And I'm like, yeah, I hope not, because we're not talking to a travel pro. We are talking to a travel rookie. And so I am not trying to teach travel advisors anything. That is not the goal. We are trying to teach the rookie traveler and pull them in with valuable content, content they find valuable. If I'm speaking, it's just like doctors. Have you ever been to see a doctor and they come in and they sit down and they talk way over your head on purpose? Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they cannot get on human level. They can't, they can't talk to you. It's just way over the, over people's head and you leave there even more confused and you really don't even care about going back to see them. Or you sit down with a doctor who sits down and really tries to explain to you in human language, like in, in actual like English to what's going on. And once like asks question is really involved and you really like them and feel like they heard you and they wanted to connect with you. It's the exact same thing. If you're talking up here on your travel lingo, people are just going to scroll by and then you are going to attract more of that. So really think about the way that you say things and how you speak to them. It's going to make a big difference if you're speaking to the traveler that you're trying to attract. Now, again, that doesn't mean other people aren't going to follow you. They do. I get content. I get people who are social media people commenting on my stuff all the time. That's fine. I'll take the engagement and I'll reply back, but I'm not going to go seek them out. Got it. Thank you. And I have yet to understand why they come seek me out, but cool. <laughs> and one other thing I that kind of like um, 
spins off of that too is that I found like, especially at the beginning, I was commenting on a lot of content creators posts um, and other agents posts, but other people that are following them see that and then they look at your profile and they follow you. And so I found even a couple of days ago, I got a referral. Somebody submitted a quote request from somebody that found me in that way. So yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. So, so it's, it does, it can go somewhere. Um, that's so what you can, it, it can. And one of the things that we do recommend is going to a large account. So maybe it's a travel advisor or a Disney blogger who has tens of thousands of followers that that could absolutely lead someplace. You don't want to go to another travel agent and make it look like you're poaching because that's never going to go over well. Right. But like a content creator, a blogger, a Disney influencer, things like that. Absolutely. And I suggest, I mean, you know, if you have a Disney influencer friend, it never hurts to like see if you can partner together. Now, Disney's new social media rules say that you can't split commission with them. I take that for what you want to. Um, I will leave that right there. But that doesn't mean that you can't work with someone who is a champion of your business. Um, and so, you know, that may look like you helping share their affiliate links and then they share your content. So, you know, all of those things, collaborations like that are great. Just again, just don't go spend your time. That, that You don't have to find those people. Find your ideal client first. And then if you have other time, then that's great. Just focus your ideal client first. Anybody else? More questions? Sorry, my dog was going crazy barking. You're okay. <laughs> Just a second. Um, I can attest to the, if, when you have the one or two influencer friends that, you know, when you, when you get a mention, it, it flows in and, and, you know, forming those relationships. Now I'm not saying go seek it out because that's, doesn't seem genuine, but when they form and when it, you know, when it happens, it can be beneficial. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat that one. <laughs> well, it is. And there's a lot of, you know, I, I know several influencers who have certain travel agents who book their travel. And mm -hmm. so they, they speak to that, that, you know, they, they handle their travel and then they, they speak to that. If you, we did this, um, BRB going to Disney is one of them. Yep. She has a travel agent friend that she plugs all the time and she's got, she's got hundreds of thousands of followers. So I'm sure that helps that agency. Oh, for sure. And, and a lot of the bigger accounts do partner with, you know, with different agencies as well. Yep. So it never hurts to plug your name. And even if you find one who's up and coming mm -hmm. that, that it works with. Yep. Yeah. All right, y'all. Any more? Did we answer everything? Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. All right. Did I'm sure learn? I'll come up with a million questions. Yeah. And hang up. Okay. It's okay. Did you all learn anything from this Absolutely. one? Absolutely. Yeah. Good. I did. Good. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. And getting this done. Um, 
<laughs> guys, thank you so much. Um, in the show notes, you all are going to find their handles. If you want to go check them out, give them a follow um, and tell them you heard them here. So y'all have a great rest of your day um, and we'll see you or <laughs> talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Social Takeoff Podcast. Make sure to leave us a review below and come find me on Instagram at Kelly Haysmith and let me know what you thought of this week's episode. Make sure to check back every Friday for a bonus episode, Five Things Friday, and every Tuesday for a brand new episode. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Social Takeoff Podcast. Make sure to leave us a review below and come find me on Instagram at Kelly Haysmith and let me know what you thought of this week's episode. Make sure to check back every Friday.